Rico Navarro weaving his way through, and it's in! Cincinnati football by the Chicago Fire! 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 A man on fire! Greetings, Chicago Fire fans, and welcome to episode 51 of the Intercontinental Football Show, which is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Revolution Brewing. Welcome on board, the good people of Revolution Brewing. We have a sponsor, Tyler Terrence, it's very exciting. All of their brews are proudly brewed only in Chicago using pure Lake Michigan water. This is some of the best brewing water anywhere in the country. And don't get me started on hazy pitch as I'd look forward to my first can of that very soon, brewed with the Chicago fire in mind. We're very excited about this, Tyler, aren't we? And I know you have probably only just dried out, thawed out after a, a chilly, windswept afternoon at Soldier Field on Saturday. A nil-nil draw against uh, FC Dallas, but the fire remain unbeaten through five games. It's the longest unbeaten start to an MLS season since 2009. The fire, one of only three teams out of 28 in Major League Soccer, yet to taste defeat, along with LAFC and the Philadelphia Union. They've conceded one goal in those five games, Fourth place now in the Eastern Conference. They're four points behind the leaders, Philly. But crucially, even at this early stage, above the playoff line. There's so much to get to here, Tyler. Let's start with our friends at Revolution Brewing, who we can't thank enough for their sponsorship. How did this come about? Yes, I echo the sentiment. Um, and this was a long time in the making. And you know, I want to give a little shout out to Christian Smith, Brad West over at the Chicago Fire and the Marketing Department, um, Doug over at Revolution Brewing. For putting this all together, um, you know, you and I just get the pleasure of, of sitting and bantering with A-Dub uh, about football. And and these people were hard at work behind the scenes to be able to make this partnership happen. I mean, we've we've loved our time with Revolution Brewing at the Chicago Fire um, just on the whole so far. And for them to get even more involved with us on the podcast is is just massive. And and their beer is just delicious. And, you know, you talk about the the conditions at, at Soldier Field this past weekend. And what did I do when I came? Warm myself up with a little bit of hazy pitch. It is the ultimate fire and soccer watching beer. It is just so easy to drink. It just goes down nice and easy. I hear that you are on the lookout for a hazy pitch somewhere in, in England, uh, in the Midlands. I'm not exactly sure if you'll find it, when you'll find it. But if you do find it, please let me know and we'll have a proper toast. But I could not be more excited about, about this uh, partnership. And, and we thank everybody at Revolution and at the Fire for helping putting this together. We certainly do. And I can't wait to get to the Windy City in the summer uh, for my stint at the microphone at Soldier Field. And uh, we can raise a few toasts with our hazy pitch in hand uh, to the guys at Revolution Brewing. And it's just great, great news. And also, I think we'll be sinking a few before the USA play England in the World Cup. We'll get to that a little bit later because we knew that was going to happen. We knew that the USA were going to draw England. But what about the game then, uh, Tyler? The, it was a nil-nil draw. You know, I've, I've watched the, the rerun of the game. Uh, Ezra Hendrickson, you know, admitted afterwards this wasn't the fire at their best. Um, Rafa Shihos was out uh, of the game. Um, Jordan Shakiri, who had a busy international uh, break with Switzerland, he was withdrawn before the 20-minute mark with a with a tightness in his calf, with his very, very um, sizable calves. But I think he's going to be okay for next weekend against Orlando City. So so in terms of new signing, Shabilko was the only player on the field for the final 70 minutes of that game. It, it, the conditions were terrible. They weren't conducive to, to great football. But what was your reading of the overall performance? Because because another clean sheet is is super positive. 
I, I think you really hit the nail on the head there with saying that Shabilka was the only new signing that was on the field for the fire. And, you know, the sentiment coming into this game and for the first five weeks of the or first four weeks of the season coming into this one against Dallas was that this group feels and looks different, right? You know, whether it be the coaching staff, whether it be Shakiri, Shihos, and for this group to be without arguably two of their best players on both the attacking and defensive side of the ball to get a point against a good FC Dallas team and in treacherous conditions with mostly guys who were there last year. The only, the only two thoughts that come to my mind was it was a brave performance. Yes, it was dull. I'm not, I'm not here to say that this was, this was the beautiful game on, on that particular uh, afternoon at Soldier Field. But also, I just think a lot of guys growing up right before our eyes. I mean, for, for, for this group to get that kind of point, to keep the clean sheet, Wyatt Omsberg and Mauricio Pineda holding it down along the back line, another plug-and-play situation for Chicago to be able to, you know, have this sort of rotation. And, and, and this is the world that we live in, right, Orlo? You, you have a game plan. You expect that you're going to be with your, your captain and your main center back, Rafael Shehos, and health and safety protocols. This, this continues to be the world that we live in, so it's next man up. But really impressed with Brian Gutierrez coming off of the bench. Um, really impressed with the work rate of Fabian Herbers. I thought he did well. Shabilka wasn't at his best, but I still think that, you know, he was doing some things to help the fire get across the line and, and get a point. Listen, it was not beautiful. It was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but really, really brave performance to continue this unbeaten streak and, and to get something out of the game and in conditions that did not lend to, to anything that was going to be desirable. The chances for both sides were at a premium, Tyler, but it's another clean sheet for uh, Slanina in goal. Eight clean sheets in 16 professional games. That's a remarkable record for a 17-year-old goalkeeper. But I want to talk to you about, you know, the, the slightly unsexy part of the game, which is just defending, keeping mm. the opposition away from your goal. Rafa Shihos, as we know, is the leader both on and off the field of this football team. Um, and he wasn't there. He wasn't available. Wide Omsberg has been an absolute revelation at centre-back. He's come out of nowhere. We knew he was a talented guy. We weren't sure whether he was going to make the roster this year. But goodness me, he's become a mainstay at centre-back. And, and a guy that I think... We've talked a lot about a lot of players for the Chicago Fire this season, but what always continues to impress me is the consistency and football intelligence of Maurizio Pineda. Now, we know that he can play central midfield, slightly overshadowed by the DP Gaston Jimenez, who's also had a terrific start to the season when you, when you talk about a midfielder. But he's been brilliant in that position. Then he slides back to centre-back, as he did on occasion last season. And he didn't put a foot wrong, as far as I could see. What yeah. a good footballer for the fight to have. Homegrown as well. And when you're talking about, you know, missing the leader of the team, to see Pineda and to see um, Omsberg in front of Slonina, these young guys just look absolutely at home together and at the level of Major League Soccer. What, what did you make of their performances? I, I thought it was brilliant again. I really did. I don't think Wyatt had his best game on the day, but he's been getting he's he's been so good recently and and atoned for most of his sins when if he did give the ball away, if he did make a wrong step, he immediately was covering and and getting back and winning the ball back for the fire. Mauricio Pineda, you know, I, I got to know Mauricio pretty well during preseason. Him and I spent like an hour um, on like the rooftop pool in Austin together. Um, we were just hanging out and talking about life and football and the whole thing. And and you know. I continue to talk to him about what it's like for him at, you know, and this isn't, this isn't high school or college soccer where, you know, you're just going to be sliding around positions. This is professional football, first division in the United States. And he doesn't know on any given week, what position he's going to be playing, whether it's, you know, a deep lying six or in the middle of the field an eight, whatever, or a center back. And that's, and that's a big deal. 
And but his personality sort of speaks to the way that he handles it. He takes everything in stride. He takes life's in stride. He, he just he just sort of lets everything come to him. And he just, you know, it's it's one day at a time, one step at a time, one ball at a time. And and he has done such a good job. And, and I and I asked him about it. I said, is it frustrating? He said, it's not really frustrating. It's just like it's just sort of one of those ones where he's doing anything that he can to help out the team. Yes, it would obviously be ideal if he had one position that he could focus on. And, you know, it was just What's his favorite position, that. Tyler, if he had a choice. I don't think he has one anymore because he's spent so much time in both of them now, whether it be in college or at the professional level. I just think that he's he's most comfortable in whatever he played last week. I, th- I think that's the easiest way to put it. Um, but but between he and Wyatt Amsberg to, to be able to keep that clean sheet, again, against a good FC Dallas time when Jesus Ferreira came on, I was a little bit nervous because he's been in really good form as of late. Alan Velasco is a player. I know you like, like I know that the field wasn't great and the conditions weren't great and neither team was playing well, but he is a player. And for the, for the fire to keep them scoreless for 90 minutes, I think is really, really telling of, of the type of personality and character that this group has. And I think we have to keep in mind, Arlo, that like, just Shakiri's presence and, and Rafa's presence, even if they're not playing, I think just has elevated everybody's game. I mean, we talked about it when Shakiri came to Austin for preseason, when he only trained for about 10, 20 minutes, and the level was just raised from him simply being there. I think that that residual effect continues to be true for everybody involved, and Wyatt and, and Mauricio sort of embodied that uh, on the day, I think. What, what we have to remember, and this is what I'm constantly reminded of in my job when I talk to former pros, for example, you know, obviously Lee Dixon, Graham Lasso, uh, the, the Robbies, you know, Tim Howard, and they, they even Roy Keane popped into the mini winnie last week, which was, which was a real thrill to chat to, to Roy Keane. They remind you that, you know, 95% of a professional footballer's life is spent at the training ground. That's where the graft is done. That's where the work is done. That's where the team mix with each other. That's where the culture is formed. And it was interesting reading some quotes by Brian Gutierrez, who, of course, replaced Shakiri in the 20th minute, 19th minute. Um, and played really, really well. And he says that that Shakiri is a fantastic mentor. He's a fantastic professional. He brings it every day in training. And that sort of raising of the level on a day-by-day basis, it just raises everyone's awareness and everyone's game because you become a better professional when you're around good professionals who have been there, who have played at the top level in the Premier League, in the Champions League, in the Bundesliga, as as Shihos and, and Shakiri have done and played in international football as well and at World Cups in, in Jordan Shakiri's case. So it, it, it just raises everybody's levels and, and it and it teaches young players like the Brian Gutierrez's and the Pinedas, who are good pros anyway, but it just gives them that idea of what it takes to get to the top. And there was one moment in the first half after Gutierrez came on when he played what could have been oh my God. the ball of the season. And it was unfortunate that Casper uh, Shabilko couldn't quite bring the ball under control. Not the easiest circumstances in which to do that. But the vision and the execution of that pass over the top was utter perfection from Brian Gutierrez. And we're continuing to see the emergence of a top talent that, again, is Chicago born and bred. Guti, I'm just going to put it pretty simply. He's a badass. He is. He comes, he comes on the field. He doesn't care. He wants to drive at defenders. He wants to make things happen. He wants to go forward. He wants to have an impact on the game and put his stamp on the game. It's as simple as that. And for an 18 year old kid to have that kind of confidence to come off the bench, cold as ice, both literally and figuratively to replace Jordan Shakiri and to have that type of performance. He's a badass. And, and, and it just, it's, it's so encouraging. And we talked about this, I think it was last week 
um, how it's just fun for Chicago fans to have a super sub who's a Chicago land product to come in and try to make an impact like that, whether it be in the 18th minute for Jordan Shakiri or whether it be in the 75th minute to try to make something happen like he did against Sporting Kansas City. But I mean, he is a player and, and, you know, that, that ball got picked up by some of the national reporters in major league soccer. And it's sort of, I don't want to say it went viral, but, you know, it got picked up by a lot of people and people are starting to recognize that, you know, he's a really, really, really good player. And, and it's good that he's not getting as much playing time now, because that means that like more experienced, quote unquote, better players have been brought in, but he's going to continue to get his opportunities like Mauricio Pineda, obviously on a smaller scale, um, because you just don't know what's going to happen over the course of a season. But Brian Gutierrez did really, really well for himself, for the club, his family, and the fans um, on Saturday because that is not a difficult situation to step into. And and I thought he performed beautifully on a day, again, where the conditions did not lend to it. Also said it was absolutely freezing cold. But, but, but he, you know, he oh, kissed the badge and he got through it. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, in the absence of, of Rafa Shihos, Tyler, it was the first time that Ezra Hendrickson had made a, a change to the starting 11. So Pineda uh, slides back to centre-back and played very well indeed. And it meant a first start in the midfield for a guy that, you know, perhaps had he stayed injury-free during pre-season, you would expect to be one of the first names on the team sheet, having signed in midway through last season and got the season MVP award. Fede Navarro got his first start. How did you rate his performance? I thought it was good. Um, you know, again, the, the, the conditions were not ideal and he is, is a player that is going to do a lot more defensive work. I think FC Dallas did a lot of that work for him and just giving the ball away. The fire were also giving the ball away a lot, um, but that was just sort of the nature of the game. But a, a strong performance. I don't think that we expected it to be in this fashion. I think we all wanted to see Federico Navarro with the full complement uh, of the Chicago Fire starting 11 that we've seen recently um, with obviously Chihos at center back, Shakiri at the 10. Um, so I'm still looking forward to, to when that day comes. But I thought it was a good performance from him. You know exactly what you're going to get. He has gotten better on the ball. He's a little bit cleaner. He wants to go forward. He wants to try to break maybe that initial line of pressure. But um, a strong performance from him, It's it, you know exactly what you're going to get. It, it's sort of that Fabian Herber's level of he's going to empty the tank for you, right? It's just going mm-hmm. to be that simple. So um, a, a strong performance from the Argentine. But I want to see more of him. I want to see more of him with the, with the best 11 out there for the fire. Um, and I thought Gaston Jimenez was brilliant again. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna stick with the Argentine flavor here, Gaston, man of the match, first of the season. Um, you know, and he had to carry the load in in the middle of the field from a tempo setting perspective, from a leadership perspective. You know, Shakiri comes off, hands the captain's armband off to Gaston Jimenez, and you know, you talk about. You talked about Shakiri raising the level and, and players who have been there and done that at the highest level in this sport in the world. Gastoni Menez has, I, I think, Arlo, we can confidently say that maybe has felt a little bit of pressure come off of his back with the emergence of Shakiri and Shihos into the into the you know fire fold because now it's not all on Gaston, which which it was for the first two years, right? He was he was the big name DP. Berich wasn't exactly you know a leader's leader, and Gaston was having to take on that role. And that's not Gaston's personality either. He's not you know big rah rah, let's go get him type of you know Rafael Shihos run through a brick wall type making speech guy. But um, I think Gaston has taken everything in stride this year, and I thought he put in another really 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 strong performance. And, and I think we can put all of the, you know, old Gaston rhetoric to bed, right? There's no more 2021 Gaston. This is the Gaston the Fire fans signed up for, and he's doing whatever the team needs him to do on any given week. And on this particular week, it was for him to basically cover his jersey and, and head to toe in mud and, and try to grind out a result for the Fire. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he's been given the platform this season by Ezra Hendrickson to change the narrative about his time in Chicago. And he's certainly taken advantage of that. And he is impressed through the first five games of the season. Uh, you mentioned uh, Fabian Herbers 
Was it a penalty for you, the challenge in the first half? I know Edward Hendricks no, was no, no, no. up in arms and, and appealing to the referee. Would it have been a, if Had it been given, would it have been a soft penalty, do you think? Yes, I think so. I, it, it, yeah. it, just seemed, it just seemed like he started to go down a little bit. Was there contact? Yes, but there's allowed to be contact. It's a contact sport. I, I thought it was a little bit soft. What about you? No, I agree with you. It was one of those situations where when a player goes down like that, you you look at the referee because you want him to be pointing to the spot. Yes, yes, and, may, and maybe he's seen something that you haven't. But unfortunately, uh, he didn't do that. And had he done that, he may have been overturned anyway. But um, yeah, look, it was a solid performance. It was unspectacular. But at this stage of the season, to remain unbeaten and to have only conceded one goal, you know, th- th- this is building very, very nicely for the Chicago Fire. The Intercontinental Football Show is brought to you by Revolution Brewing. Revolution Brewing is the largest independent brewery in Illinois with the tap room and production brewery in Avondale and the original brew pub just down the road in Logan Square. All of their brews are proudly brewed only in Chicago using pure Lake Michigan water. This is some of the best brewing water anywhere in the country, Arlo. Revolution Brewing is the official craft brewery of Chicago Fire FC. Along with Hazy Pitch, they offer a wide range of beers, IPAs, session sours, made with real fruit, smoothly drinkable lagers, barrel-aged stouts and barley wines, and more. We have brews for every kind of beer fan. They created the Hazy Pitch to be the ideal beer we'd like to drink during a soccer match. It's sessionable and refreshing enough to enjoy multiple, but leans into the complex, hoppy profile Rev is known for. Hazy Pitch is a hazy pale ale, a style that uses fruit-forward yeast and modern hops to deliver tropical notes of orange, mango, and pineapple. Part of the City Series, a collection of beers, along with the Fifth City and Rev's Pilsner, brewed for Chicagoland and celebrating the history and iconography of our hometown. I am dying for a beer. And next up... At the weekend, on Saturday, Orlando City away from home. And this is a team that the the Fire have faced already this season. But they go down to Florida. um, Beautiful stadium that they've got down there. Um, What are you expecting? So, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is Exploria and how difficult of a place, you know, it is to play there, right? The the Purple Wall, it's, you know, it's a beautiful field and it's a great atmosphere and there's typically very good weather. um, But it is a difficult place to play. The noise, you know, the energy... Fans getting out of their seats when a chance starts to come around for Orlando City, who's a good team. You know, they've, they've had a couple of um, a couple of dropped points since their win at L.A. Galaxy, but they've had some tough games. They were at Portland, you know, finishing a 1-1 draw two weeks ago. Um, and then it was a 4-2 loss at the weekend against LAFC, who's obviously proven to be one of the best teams in the league this year. But, you know, for Orlando City, they're still trying to implement the likes of, of Cara into their team, their new number nine. Facundo Torres is still getting going, still figuring out what it's like to play major league soccer. He's a baller. Um, so they, they have some, they have some talent. They really do. And, and they're cohesive. Oscar Pereja is one of the best coaches in the league. He gets the most out of his team. They're organized, they're disciplined. Um, but you know, this is, a, this is an Orlando group that I feel like felt like they were hard done against the fire um, in that nil nil draw in the home opener. And, and keep in mind, that that chalked off goal for Junior Urso, pro referee came out and apologized and said there was no reason for us to overturn that goal because there was no clear and obvious evidence that it was a handball. It looked like it from from the angle that you know from the from the angle in the camera that was behind uh, the player, but there was no angle showing it on the other side where it actually showed his handball getting hit. So pro referee apologized. So I think that Orlando is sort of feeling like we should have beaten you at home 
or we should beat you on the road. Now we're going to beat you at Exploria. So the Fire needs to be prepared for what's going to be a, a very, very difficult game. But I, t- I mean, we talked about this last week, Arlo. This is this is a real. This was the first stretch of like real tests for the Fire when you think about FC Dallas at home. Orlando on the road, and then you're coming home against a very, very good LA Galaxy team that just won 3-1 at Portland um, yesterday as we record this on a Monday. So I'm expecting a very, very highly contested game, um, and the Fire are going to have their work cut out for them. And unfortunately for myself, it is another game that is on Univision. So I will be off, but um, I will be on the call for Miami, New England on ESPN on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. So if anybody wants to get a little bit of uh, MLS fix even more so after the fire game. Uh, you can flip on ESPN. I'll be kind of calling the game with one of Andrew Williams' colleagues, uh, Brian Dunsett. Well, hold on a minute. Let's just pause right here. You <laughs> are on ESPN on Saturday afternoon, calling into Miami against New England Revolution. New England Revolution. That is quite a matchup. Congratulations, buddy. And it's it's thoroughly deserved. You are the voice of the Chicago Fire. But uh, when you get these opportunities, when the fire are on national television, it's wonderful that ESPN have picked you up. Not before time. And, and you're going to smash it out of the park. I'm absolutely sure of it. So you're going to be in Florida anyway. So fire fans, tune in. Support one of your own, Tyler Terrans, on the call for Inter Miami against the New England Revolution. But... Um, Looking ahead, what would you like to see from the fire? It, it looks like Shakiri is going to be okay after the, the tightness in his calf. We're going to have to wait and see whether Rafa Shihos um, is able to play or not. What would you like to see from them on the road? A tough place to go, Orlando City. Bearing in mind they're unbeaten so far, what would be the couple of things that you'd like to see from the team? Create chances, right? I mean, we didn't have a shot on goal against FC Dallas. You have to, you have to at least challenge Pe- Pedro Galese and see and see what he's got. I mean, you have to be able to create chances in order to score. So this is this is going to be a game in which I think that there are going to be chances to counter. And Orlando City, the way that they like to play, and especially the way that they get forward at home, the game typically will open up. I mean, the fire. When I think back last year to the one 0 loss that they had, where Benji Michel scored the lone goal, they had their chances, um, and and there were a number of chances for them to win that game or get a result out of it. So it's it, you know the chances might be few and far in between, but take advantage of them. Whether it's Shabilko, whether it's Ivanov, hopefully Shakiri is fully fit and he's able to play ninety minutes. But whoever it is, you know, just composure in the penalty area, pick your head up, play forward. And remember that, that continues to be the, a big theme for this coaching staff, Arlo. It's picking your head up, playing forward when you can. It's not mm-hmm. always, and it's not forcing the ball into Shaq. It's not forcing the ball into Shabilko. But there, there were a lot of moments, I think, in the FC Dallas game too, where guys were maybe playing a little bit more on the conservative side. Now I get it because it's it's poor conditions. You don't want to slip. You don't want to make a mistake. And, and you want to be sure of yourself. But, um, you know, be brave, be bold, be courageous when you're going forwards. And, and just simply ask questions of this Orlando City defense, which I think has proven to be, um, you know, some, a defense that you can get goals out of. I mean, LAFC just put in four at Exploria over the weekend. So I'm looking mm. for that. And then I'm looking for another resilient performance defensively. And now listen, Gaga has really not had a ton of work to do over the past couple of games. Like we continue to praise him for his clean sheets and God bless you, Gaga. I love you to death and your sushi Sundays and everything, but he has not made a ton of world-class saves and, and like keeping the fire in games. Most of it has been block shots and really good defensive work and protecting Gaga. He's going to have to make a couple of really big saves at Explorer in order for the fire to get a result out of this game. So he's going to be mining his P's and Q's. And I think that it's going to be uh, one of those games where he's going to be called into action. But um, another defensive resilient performance would be fantastic. Another clean sheet on the road and just continue to stack them up. Gaga talked about how he wants to break the record for clean sheets in MLS set by none other than our broadcast partner, Tony Miola. 
He's got five, he's got four already on the season. Um, he needs, I believe it's 17 to break the record. So quick math there. It's 13 in the next 29 games or something or the other. So it's on. It's on. It is, it is on. officially on. Put put Tony Miola on notice. The record is on. Put yeah. him on notice. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Tony, you know, knowing the guy, the hum the humble man that he is. And, and his links with the Chicago Fire, no one would be more delighted for Salonina than Tony Miola if his record is broken, uh, whilst, particularly whilst he's on the microphone. So it's Orlando City away on Saturday. It's a noon kickoff central time. Ideal time to crack open a few hazy pitches in front of the oh. television. It's on Univision. Uh, so get your hazy pitches in for that from Revolution Brewing, who proudly sponsor the Intercontinental Football Show. And once again, we thank them for it. Um, what are you doing November the 25th, lads? Ada, got any plans? Uh, listen, I know, I believe there's a thing called Thanksgiving on the 24th. Yes. The 25th, anything? I mean, we're I know it's a long way so, away. So we're going to have to, I think the three of us will have to put, I mean, it'll just be me and Ada because you're not going to be able to look at yourself in the mirror once once we get those three points from you. God. We're going to have to come up with another name for oh. Black. We're going to have to come up with another name for Black Friday uh, in honor of, of the U.S. men's national team beating England. Um, so we'll, A-Dub and I will think of that. You can sit back, drink your hazy pitch, and just sort of, you know, wallow there, in there yourself. Won't be, there won't be enough hazy pitches brewed for me to drown my sorrows if we lose to the USA. Now, the plan is, look, this is not confirmed, but my first impression, because we, we kind of predicted this on the pod last week when we went oh, through yeah. the pots, yeah. that, that it was inevitable that the USA were going to be drawn out against England. And, and I'm both delighted because I think it's exciting. And obviously I broadcast to the United States tons of friends in the in the states follow their follow their um sort of progress as a national team as closely as i can i'm very much invested in the sport of uh, of soccer in in the united states so i'm delighted part of me is delighted the other half of me is utterly petrified by the prospect of losing to the usa uh, and then if scotland qualify forget about it if scotland qualify as well if they get through sort of you know the the the, the ukraine semi final and then and then um face wales for a place in in that group as well and Iran. I mean, for the first time, I think since 19, I think it might be since 1970 or maybe even 66, England are playing on the opening day of a World Cup finals on November the mm. 21st. Now that is a week on Monday after the Premier League ends. The Premier League will end on the Sunday and then a week from Monday, they will be in Qatar facing Iran in the World Cup. It's, it's a remarkably quick turnaround. There are no um, scheduled friendlies during that week uh, to, to tee up for the Iran game, um, but it's going to be interesting but my first thought initially was I've got to be in Chicago yes. I've got to be in Chicago for yes. the game so I I mean I don't know what it's going to look like we're going to have to have a chat with the fire um but I, I can see I if, if I was mystic Terrans uh yeah. I would I would and with my, my my crystal ball I'd be seeing a watch party of some kind in the Chicago land area, November the 25th, USA against England. And the back door of whatever establishment it is had better be left open for me to escape if we lose. Well, I don't know if the Revolution Brewing Taproom uh, Brewery in either oh. Avondale or, La or Logan Square is going to be open on Black Friday. I'm just throwing it out there, Doug, and everybody over at Revolution. So let it marinate. We've got a while. Um, let yes. it marinate just like the turkey's going to marinate and just like these three points are going to marinate. Uh, Ada. How you feeling about the drama, man? First off, we have to say this. Arlo is being extremely cocky. The only reason he wants to come ah! to Chicago is because he thinks they're going to blow us out. He would not yeah. come if he thinks he would have to watch a loss. And that is a fact. 
he's you know you know what I'm sensing right now. He he's he he's like he wants both sides of it right now. He wants people to feel bad for him. He's like I'm terrified. Oh my god, if we lose yeah, to Scotland yeah. in the United States, he wants us to feel bad for him. But at the same time, it's coming home. We are going to win the World Cup. This is England. <laughs> so he's got both sides of it. He he wants you to say, oh, Arlo told us that England was going to win the World Cup and beat the United States, and at the same time, he wants you to feel bad for him. So I don't know how many hazy pitches you've had this morning, but I'm done with it. You yeah, pick I'm, one. Well, I'm, not, I'm not buying this. I'm not, I'm buying, not buying any of this Arlo. Like, yeah, you know, I got to be over there to hang out with my Chicago Fire fans and the friends no you want to rub it in everybody's face no, he wants he wants to stick the queen's flag in in united states soil that's what he wants to do yeah, he wants revenge yeah, yeah. he wants yeah. revenge for the boston tea party is what he said yes it's, it's, Most- it, this is all about basically all about 1776 and and <laughs> the, it's it's long overdue um i didn't get to where i am in life uh by not covering all bases uh, <laughs> and, and protecting myself against massive disappointment whilst also reserving the right to celebrate in your faces when England win by three goals to nil. Look, it's uh, the reason I'm uh, afraid and a little, you know, I've got a, I've got trepidation is that the USA, I think, would raise their game against Mexico. They'll raise their game in the World Cup anyway, of course. They're a talented young team. But as we saw in Rustenburg uh, in South Africa, th- there is an ability for this USA team to really raise it against England. You know, they're not the only team that wants to beat England. It seems like the world wants to beat England for, for various reasons. Um, Scotland are just going to be like, it's Braveheart all over again. But the US are going to be so up for that match that that... It scares me because on paper, England has the better team. England has the top five team in world football. People are starting to wonder over here whether it's because usually it's blind faith. Yeah, it's coming home. We have a party and then we lose, you know, in the group stage or the quarterfinal. But recently going to a World Cup semi-final and then going to the final of a, of a European championship, people's expectation level is kind of catching up with the usual excitement. Um, we've got a good young team. We, we have some extraordinarily talented players. I just hope that they can turn it on against the USA in that game. And hopefully with three points in the bag against Iran in the opening game. But um, it's just going to be an incredible occasion. And uh, we've got to be, we've got to be together. If A-Dub can get up as well, I, I, I don't know what it looks like. Maybe we do a, a recording of the pod or something. We've got to mark this occasion. The day after Thanksgiving, England against the USA in the World Cup finals. It's just going to be great. Let's, I, I want to put all of our, you know, country uh, supporting things aside, I could not ask for much more on a Black Friday than USA England and World Cup fixture. It, it, it like it is, it, uh, listen, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. This has to be rigged. It has to be. It's too good to be true for USA and England to be drawn in the same group and then to be playing at noon Central Time on a Black Friday when everybody's home and gonna be watching. The ratings for that game are gonna be through the roof. The amount of money that FIFA is going to get from that, it's obscene. There's no way that it's not rigged. With that in mind, I, I am just so excited and it is going to be like I was talking to my uncle, um, you know, who lives in Chicago, big fire fan, massive football fan. And and he didn't realize that, you know, he's not the most technologically savvy person in the world. He didn't realize that the times had already been set. And, you know, we already know when everybody's playing. And, and he goes, oh, once the times come out, you know, I'll, I'll make my schedule and everything like that. I was like, the times are out. And he goes, when are USA and England playing? I said, noon on Black Friday. He goes, really? Because that's incredible. Because I, oh my god! And he goes, and then, and then he was like, "Well, when's the first game?" I said, "I'll have like four days before, whatever it is, three days before." And he goes, oh, "Okay, I'm just going to take the whole week off then." Like I think that that's every, that's everybody's sentiment, right? I mean, it's just take the yeah. entire week off the first the first week of the World Cup. You know, there's there's plenty of games to watch other than USA and England, but like it from a from a footballer's perspective, family, 
food, fun, three points for the United States against England. But uh, I, I cannot wait. And you need to get your butt over here. A-Dub, if we can get you over here. Uh, I don't know what that looks like with, with the misses and the whole thing. But, you know, if we have to, if we have to send some sort of, you know, Game of Thrones dragging your way to, to get you over to Chicago, we will happily do so. Um, because I think the three of us together watching that game would be would be one for the ages. It would be fantastic. We've got to get it done. Um, and I'm just inviting myself to my Aunt Kath's on the south side for Thanksgiving dinner as well. So I'm going to spend uh, Thanksgiving with the Grady's. Um, that's going to be absolutely wonderful in Evergreen Park, where I lived for six months when I was a, a fresh-faced 18-year-old. Um, and it's just all... The planets are aligning. The soccer mm. planets are all aligning. It's going to be absolutely extraordinary. So this Chicago Fire, they're unbeaten through five games. Can they make it six in a row? They travel to Orlando City Saturday afternoon. It is a noon start on Univision. Uh, Tyler's going to have the call of Inter-Miami against uh, the New England Revolution. And that's going to start at what time, Tyler? Can people watch you on ESPN? People can tune in 2 o'clock Central Time. So it'll be more or less like right after the the fire game. Um, So... I will be on the call with Brian Dunseth. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, I'm actually headed to Florida today. Um, I'm going to call some U.S. Open Cup games as well and a, and a Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League uh, first leg semifinal of Pumas and uh, Cruz Azul for the world feed, um, which may or may not be picked up by FS1. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. So if you want to tune into that, uh, if, it's, if, if my commentary is being picked up as well. But uh, very excited to get some sunshine, to call some football and to, uh, and to make my ESPN play-by-play debut. Very excited. Couldn't, couldn't yeah, have gotten here without the two of you. Thank thank you to the two of you for all your support and uh, and banter and, and jabs over the past however many months we've been doing this. Yes, well, you're, you're more, more than welcome and it's thoroughly deserved. It's like I always felt when I, I made my debut on the BBC, it was like getting a call-up to the national team. You, you've done you've done solid work at club level and that is the call-up to the national team where you can show your wares to the entire nation and that's uh, thoroughly deserved on your part and all the best with your, your endeavours this week. Big week for, for us at NBC as well, Tyler and Adub, because the entire team are coming up over so mm. Rebecca Lowe uh, the Robbies and Tim Howard I think they're covering Everton Burnley by the way what a game that is on uh, Wednesday in terms of relegation uh, issues uh, it's at Turf more tough place for a, a slumping Everton to go uh, that is the archetypal relegation six-pointer they'll jump on a plane on Thursday uh, arriving I think Thursday late into the UK in Manchester so on Friday we go up to Newcastle pitch side desk uh, no studio this time so Rebecca and the guys will be at the desk I'll have the call three games in three days we've got Newcastle against Wolves on Friday we've got Aston Villa against Spurs on Saturday by the way did the Spurs game at the weekend they were phenomenal and then on Sunday arguably the biggest game of our near 10 years doing the Premier League Manchester City against Liverpool one point separates these teams this is as close to a Super Bowl World Series type Mm. winner takes all game as you're gonna get really Uh, in English soccer in the Premier League. I mean, there are plenty of games to go beyond this, um, but what an event it's going to be. The eyes of the footballing world are going to be on the Etihad for Manchester City against Liverpool. That's going to be one of the highlights of my career so far. And, Mm. you know, I always root for goals. I always root for great football, but I'd be quite happy if Newcastle Wolves is nil-nil and Villa Tottenham is nil-nil, I'm going to need a voice for Sunday. If those <laughs> both of those games are 4-3, I'm in big trouble. But it's going to be a three-man booth. Uh, Lee and Graham are going to join me on the call for that one. So I absolutely cannot.
can't wait for that. So we both got very busy weeks. We shall reconvene very shortly for a Premier League-centric inter- intercontinental football show as well. But once again, thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review us uh, and tell us what you'd like to, to hear of this podcast. But your support, as ever, is much appreciated. And the support of Revolution Brewing, the yes. brewers here, of here. Hazy Pitch. We raise a toast to you guys as well. And thank you for jumping on board with the Intercontinental Football Show as we move into our second half century of shows. That was episode 51 for Tyler Terrence and Adub. Where are you, Adub? Are you in D.C.? I am in Maryland, right outside of D.C. You're in Mar- close enough. Maryland. Look at all that Chelsea paraphernalia behind him. You'd yeah. think that he'd want to take that down after the performance over the weekend, but we'll talk yeah. about that in the Premier League episode. Join us on the Premier League episode <laughs> where we, we do 45 minutes on Chelsea 1, Brentford 4. Goodbye for now. 